Hi, everyone, and welcome to Maybe Swearing Will Help. I'm your host, Katerina, and this is the last episode for 2020. I'm probably going to revamp up in 2021, but I am going to take a teeny tiny break for the holidays. Uh, On this episode, we are talking about living booze free. So my friend Jen and I, uh, about the same time last year, both decided to give up alcohol for similar and different reasons. Um, We both celebrated our one-year booze-free anniversary, and we're really just talking about it. Like, it's super unscripted. It's not as interview style as other episodes have been. We just kind of talk about, like, the pros and cons about what it's like to live booze-free as an adult, and I open up about you know, me anticipating drinking again and like I'm turning it into a whole thing and I'm like creating all these like fears and scenarios in my head and we just kind of talk about that. Um, But yeah, this is a a good one I think to wrap up and go into January with because I think a lot of people do sober January. So this might be inspiration, maybe not, but I guess you'll have to wait and find out. So here we go. Here's Jen. Okay, so I guess, first of all, congratulations on your one-year anniversary of being booze-free. Thank you. I feel like it still hasn't really, like, sunk in. I've tried to, you know, like, reflect on it and stuff, but there's also, of course, a million things going on in the world right now, so I feel like celebrating that has, like, kind of taken a back burner, but thank you. Yeah, it's, like, almost not really a priority in, like, the big picture, Yeah. And in a way, and I was talking about this with a friend um, who's also booze free, that it kind of feels like this whole pandemic has just been like a safety bubble for me in terms of living booze free, because there's so many firsts that I haven't done yet because Mm -hmm. there's been a pandemic. (laughs) So like, it's like, I haven't been put in like social situations, you know, right or like the pressure to drink or stuff and stuff like that. So I think it'll be interesting when, when, and hopefully when we can go back out into the world and socialize. Totally. I was listening to a podcast and um, it was about like these girls who are like sober AF, they call themselves. Mm -hmm. And they were saying like, they were asking like, what do you recommend if you're going to try and go boost free? Do you try like just like 21 days, 30 days, like three months? Like, what do you suggest? And they were like, well, if you only do like 21 days or 30 days, there might not be like a wedding in that time frame or a holiday in that time frame mm-hmm. or like your promotion in that time frame or like whatever big event there might be. So it's like kind of, it just like depends like what works for you and like what the season of your life looks like at that point but it's totally true like I feel like I feel like it's been way easier to be not drinking because I'm just at home all the time and like why would I I don't want to but then when I go on Instagram and stuff like everyone is just like oh why no clock at like 3 p.m and I'm just like okay so I feel like there's like the complete opposite either like people are just like drinking way more or like way less yeah so true and about the, like, how do you start? Like, do you start with 21 days kind of thing? I know there's that saying mm-hmm. that it takes, like, 21 days to make a habit or something like that. But to break it or make it, I guess, To yeah. make one, to, like, form a habit or to start forming a habit, like, in terms of, like, exercise and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, like, and I'm no expert, but I'm just going to go ahead and say that that is very not true when it comes to giving up alcohol. And not yeah. because, like, there's no wedding or, like like, whatever you just said that... Mm -hmm. Um, major events and stuff like that but because like booze is just so addictive and it's so bad for you and it's so deeply ingrained in everyday life like it's just like really just casually everywhere and so normal yeah but and I was thinking about this like earlier today like when I was thinking about coming on this podcast like just like how fucked that is (laughs) yeah like if we were all I know. doing heroin all willy nilly every weekend, like, and it's so weird because you're almost the weird one for not drinking, right? Like I feel like I'm the odd one out. Yeah, um, people just, and I'm sure you've had this too. Like as a woman, like people just assume like 
I'm pregnant, which I'm not. Um, and, or yeah. And it's just, I don't know what it is. It's just now I'm like, and again, not that I've had like a lot of social situations cause we've been nice in isolation, but now I'm just like, I've kind of resolved that I'm just going to give people like a really fucked up, exaggerated answer as to why I don't drink. And I was coming yeah, up with something I think one of them might be that I just get really homicidal when I drink. Um, another one that I thought of was that I just start bleeding profusely from my eyeballs. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Well, you do you. I'm not quite at that stage yet. Um, but okay, I want to like rewind because how we first kind of like got in touch that we were both doing this was, mm-hmm. um, okay, so last Thanksgiving, Canadian Thanksgiving, like mid-October, mm-hmm. um, is when I decided to give it up. Mm-hmm. And I guess at like the two-month mark, like I guess this time last year, you and I met up and you were just kind of like asking me about what it was like because you had just given it up, I guess, like a few weeks after me. Mm-hmm. And so what initially made you want to give it up? So this happened like really organically for me. I was doing my last course in college and my project was that I had to research a topic um, and like write um, as if I was going to write a 3000 word essay for it. Um, Mm. It was a really heavy research component and it had to be like relevant, interesting, like kind of timely, all that stuff. And I had noticed on my social media feeds, women like me about like my age, millennial age, giving up alcohol without a 12 step program. And Mm -hmm. yeah, so I just, I noticed like the sober curiosity trend. So I decided that that was going to be the topic that I researched. And once I started researching it, um, it was kind of one of those things that like, you just can't ignore the information (laughs) once you see it and like the facts. The facts. Um, yeah, and I'm so grateful for the books like Sober Curious by Ruby Warrington. And then there's, it wasn't out at the time, but there's the book Quit Like a Woman by Holly Whitaker and books like that that yeah. speak really candidly and kind of casually about this huge problem that we have in the world of drinking culture. Um, and I think that I was like finally in a place where I felt ready to give it up. And Ruby Warrington says this in, um, in her book, Sober Curious about like the only way you're going to change your drinking habits is to change your drinking habits. <laughs> and yeah, like totally people are only going to want to change their habits if they like can recognize that it's a problem. <laughs> okay. And I think it's important to note that like, it was just kind of organically in a decision you made. Like, I feel like when you tell people you're not drinking or that you don't drink at all, it's like they want some big reason and to know your big rock bottom that you hit. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like there was some big traumatic event and like, there doesn't need to be a big traumatic event. (laughs) Yeah. And I totally agree. And, you know, like in retrospect, like there are a lot of really, fucked up shit that happened when I was drinking and like blacked out drunk that like should have been my rock bottom like for sure but it wasn't yeah you know <laughs> yeah I'm thinking about that because okay I think you and I met at the King's Head drinking at a Banshee's Whale show maybe yes that sounds correct <laughs> that sounds very correct and holy crap would I ever be wasted at those shows and yeah like, me too but, but, but so was everybody and it just I never felt out of place mm-hmm yeah. I never felt like I was more drunk than the person next to me. Totally. And and when I worked at a restaurant, I remember there were girls who'd be like, hey, can you take these drinks to my table? I need to go in the bathroom and puke because I'm still hungover or still drunk. And then, then they just come back out and keep serving their tables. So I would be like, well, at least I'm not puking at work. Like, I can't be that bad. Yeah, true. And I think there's like a really strong misconception that like, to have a drinking problem, you have to like literally be drinking at eight in the morning every day and, you know, and like having seizures without it and stuff, which is like a very real thing that people do experience. But if you, I don't even know how to put it into words. Like, I don't want to be that person that says that like all drinking is bad because I never want to like 
no. try and influence someone to not drink or say that you shouldn't drink and stuff like that. But Definitely not. No, no. Um, like, it's never good, I would say. Like, even casual drinking, like, there's still consequences to it. Um, it's never going to be a good thing for a, for us to consume in any kind of amount, I would say. And there's, like, tons of research that backs that. Um, for me, mm-hmm. and I was, like, and I can't, you know, obviously speak for you, but I think, like, I was a gray area drinker, which means that, like, I wasn't drinking every day and stuff like that. I was mostly drinking socially, but um, definitely had my problematic moments. And that, again, like I said, like, should totally have been rock bottom, but for some <laughs> really fucked up reason they weren't (laughs) yeah because all of us have been there like if you said oh you know I got so drunk last night and I lost my phone and I made out with this really creepy dude I would just like laugh it off and be like yeah shit happens like try not to get so drunk next weekend you know because that was just what we did yeah we all did that like I have blacked out I've lost my purse my phone I've like not known how I've gotten home I've like woken up in vomit and stuff like that but it's just like this weirdly accepted thing that yeah well I think more back at that age like when when we were like early 20s or like late teens Mm -hmm. and then I don't know about you but then like uh I guess around like 24 for me Mm -hmm. well you know what I didn't actually get my driver's license until I was 24. And that was a huge game changer because then I wasn't always taking the bus and cabs everywhere. I was driving. Mm-hmm. So that really made me slow down. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, but then eventually it just became like, okay, we don't do that anymore. We're like out of that phase of our life, you know, yeah. like we're more responsible. And then it just kind of became like, well, if I'm only going to have one or two, then what's the point? Like, if I'm not drinking to get drunk, then why do I even want this in my system or these extra calories? Totally. You know? And so then it was just kind of like, well, I'm not even going to bother then. And I just kind of like grew out of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't. And like a few, well, a few years, I guess it's like three years ago, my father passed away and we weren't in contact when this happened. Like I hadn't talked to him in like 10 years or, or so, but I was obviously notified when it happened. And um, I ended up yeah. being the one to handle his estate and his affairs because he didn't have a will. And like growing up, like I knew my father was an alcoholic um, and, you know, it didn't surprise me that when I, you know, came to his house to like clean it up, that there were just like bottles everywhere like hundreds, mm. hundreds, empty, some full, mm. like just like a fortune worth of like booze that had been drunk or half drunk kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I think that was really eye-opening for me as well. And that was, I mean, two years before I finally decided to quit, but that mm-hmm. was really eye-opening. Like, okay, this man that is, I guess, biologically my father obviously this affects me and that it's like in my genes and whatnot. And like, he basically drank himself to death, like is essentially what happened. Oh, wow. Um, so that was really eye opening, and it was just like, fucking, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just kind of got to a point that I was just like, what am I even like doing? Like, this isn't even fun. I'm not having fun. <laughs> no, I know. I know. And I reached a point where like, I really wanted to take my fitness more seriously mm-hmm. And holy crap, does that ever slow you down for like, I notice it for like the next three days, Yeah, you know, and I'm like, well, if I want to be able to like do more burpees or like whatever my fitness goal is, Mm -hmm. like, I can't be doing this anymore. Like it's really affecting my health. Yeah. So I, I think my parents were like the total opposite because they like never drank Mm -hmm. ever. And they also didn't have like a social life or do anything. And I think at first that was my, um, I guess like vision of what sober was and you were just boring and you just watch TV all the time and you can't be interesting or like have hobbies. Mm -hmm. So then it made drinking and partying like seem really cool. And like, well, obviously I choose that life over like staying home and watching TV on a Friday night when I'm 18, like, right. Totally. And now I'm like, 
all I want to do on a Friday night is stay home and watch TV. And I'm totally fine with that. <laughs> yeah. And like, what's weird is like my, like my mom raised me. Like I didn't really have much of a relationship with my father and, um, she she doesn't drink I've never seen my mom have more than one drink I've never seen my mom drunk like she just doesn't drink and Mm -hmm. but yet I still ended up being like a problematic drinker and same with my brother like I have one older brother and he when he was younger when he was a teenager like he never drank or partied like I think like I can only remember like one or two times that he came home a little bit drunk um Hmm. I mean now he's like 33 and he's like he's into like craft beer and stuff but I've still never seen him drunk like um so I'm just I was kind of the odd one out uh in the fam Mm -hmm. um but your friends drink yeah so yeah and what's interesting is like I don't feel like drinking was something I was doing in high school it was like something we did like collectively yeah <laughs> everyone yeah. and it was never like oh are we drinking this weekend it was like yeah we're drinking here's how we're gonna get it because we're underage and here's where we're gonna go drink it because we're underage exactly which is like usually or like in my case was like the hockey ranks like behind our high school <laughs> like, yep. so exactly yeah. it was never a question of like are we it was just like how are we gonna do it where are we how am I gonna lie to my parents (laughs) about this like you know yeah I know and we were so young and like I thought we were so much older and mature and like we knew things and now I look back and I was like man I was so young to be doing that stuff yeah I know and like I like if I had a teenager right now, like I would be so mad <laughs> if my teenager totally. was doing that stuff, even though I did it. So like it's like I'm starting to like see where my mom was coming from all along. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So then the first couple months of you cutting back or like not drinking at all, um, like what sort of questions or like feedback did you receive from people? Um I like I don't have a really big friend group. But um, who does these days anyway? (laughs) That's like (laughs) um, a high school thing. But uh, they were really supportive. And um, I mean, most of them asked why and were really respectful about like how much I chose to share and whatnot. Um, My mom was very Mm -hmm. thrilled (laughs) that I was doing this. Mm. Um, And I... I guess so, like, I went to, I was already going to therapy, and it actually turns out that the therapist that I was seeing, he doesn't drink either, and he gave it up when he was, like, 18. He's, like, in his early 40s now, and the reason he gave it up was, like, because he went to school and studied psych and, like, took an um, interest in addictions, Mm -hmm. specifically alcohol abuse, and was, like, holy fuck. Um, Like, it just interesting. really good yeah so it kind of just like came around that way um and so we kind of decided together that I would give myself three months um that's like a long enough time to kind of get a feel for life without alcohol and then that we would um meet after the three months and like decide if I want to like continue without alcohol or if I want to like phase it back in my life or whatnot um Mm-hmm. And so three months fell on March 1st, 2020. And yes, I had heard about like coronavirus, blah, blah, blah. But it really didn't hit locally here, right? Until like March 13th. Yeah. Um, Friday the 13th, go figure. So like March 1st, I'm like meeting with my, or like around March 1st, I can't remember what day of the week it was. We meet and like we just kind of like reflect on the past three months and stuff. And I decide, that I do want to continue not drinking. And then two weeks later, the okay. world just crumbles. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh, my take yeah, it back. I was like, no, I honestly like emailed him and was like, hey, like, maybe we should meet again because like if anything drives me to drink again, yeah. it's probably going to be this. <laughs> yeah. Totally. So we ha- ended up having a really good chat and something he said to me that like really resonated with me was that we are all like globally, like collectively experiencing a trauma right now with 
um, mm-hmm. the pandemic and all the like traumas linked to the pandemic, like job loss and like potentially like loss of friends and family and stuff like that. So when the brain, mm-hmm. human brain is going through trauma, like to protect itself, it like doesn't like process it in the moment. It like waits until it feels like a safe time to process it later safe. on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he kind of said like, we're all collectively experiencing this trauma and your brain's not going to be ready to process it for some time after. And the only thing that's going to make it like a hell of a lot worse to process is if you drink through it. <laughs> He's like, right. it's basically throwing gasoline on a fire. So and I was like, make some valid points here. <laughs> Absolutely. That's what everybody says. Like, if you're anxious and you want to dial back your anxiety, you've got to dial back the booze, too. Like, they go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, like, people, I think some people get caught up in, like, the, like, the physical shittiness of hangovers that they don't really think or reflect too much on, like, the psychological ones. No. It's just like, I'm too busy feeling nauseous and dehydrated to think about how fucking depressed I am right now. Yeah, and whenever there's drama, it's just kind of normalized, and there'll be new drama next weekend to focus on anyways, right? So this will pass. Whatever. You know what I realized is, like, how much I love being hydrated and how dehydrated I used to be constantly. Do you feel that? Like, I just love water now so much. Yeah, I'm like when I see people using those water and like, this is not like a judgment on them at all. Like those water bottles that like have like the time increments to like to encourage them to drink it. I'm like, yeah. I cannot relate because I like, I am chugging water left, right and center. <laughs> all the time. And I'm like, how did I used to function with like no water and like puking and then just like have six twisted teas. Like my lips must've felt like SpongeBob on dry <laughs> land. Like I don't understand. Like, how I lived that yeah. way. And then you, like, factor in, like, all the, like, greasy, salty, like, foods that you ate while drinking or after to, like, make yourself feel better. That probably just dehydrated you more from all the sodium. <laughs> yeah, we would go to McDonald's after the pal and get poutine, like, a ritual. Yeah. Like, we were not going home without this McDonald's poutine. So gross. Yeah. Yeah, that was the thing. Like, on the cab ride home, you just go to McDonald's. Totally. Um, I'm wondering if you did anything, um, like, obviously, like we said, like, when there's, like, a, a big monumental, like, event or, like, you just, like, did something well on a Friday or something you want to celebrate, usually the thing is, like, I'm going to celebrate with, like, a cheers and, mm-hmm. like, a drink, right? Um so I'm wondering if you did anything in replace of that. Like I started if, let's say like my book launch or like if something went well at work or like anything that's happened mm-hmm. this past year, instead of a drink, I would like buy myself a book or like buy myself a new sweater. And like, I tried to do stuff like that, that I would maybe get more use out of. Um, did you do anything kind of like that? Yeah, I've started like... Um treating myself to like really nice meals um because I kind of had this real Mm. like I I like a lot of people I freaking love food but I was realizing like I I was always going when I was drinking always going to the same places and stuff and like Winnipeg has like this incredible culinary scene um that I hadn't really experienced um so shortly after I guess yeah, it was the beginning of February 2020 was when I graduated college. And that was like a big thing for me. And um, mm-hmm. I celebrated with a meal at uh, Ray and Jerry's Steakhouse. And um, oh, I've never tried that. Yeah, place. I hadn't either. And everyone's like, Jen, what's wrong with you? Like this place has been here for literally forever. And I was like, I don't know. Ever. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. So that and then like treating myself to dessert like I have a huge sweet tooth which I feel like I have even more now that I'm not drinking like oh my god I was gonna ask you that because I feel like they go Mm -hmm. hand in hand like if you stop drinking I think I heard that's why they keep donuts at AA meetings because it's like that you want that craving (laughs) I don't know if that's true that would make sense yeah I like 
when I was growing up but, and yeah. like my mom and my brother both like crazy sweet tooths like their whole lives I liked like I liked chocolate chip cookies and like chocolate bars, but like, that's Mm. it. Like I wasn't into like desserts. I didn't like pie. I didn't really like cake or anything. And now I'm just like, Oh yeah, give it all to me, please. (laughs) Yeah. This summer I ate way more ice cream than like a usual summer just because, well, that was one of the only things to do was like, well, I guess we can go for ice cream, but two, it was just like, if I'm not going to have a six pack of twisted teas with my friends, then I guess I'm going to have ice cream as like my weekend treat, you know? Yeah. I ended up my, like one of my good friends ended up dropping off, um, my favorite cake on December 1st, which is like my one year anniversary. I was like, yes, this is what I wanted. Um, that's so cute. Yeah, it's way better. Like, I don't know. Dessert is more like comforting, yeah. I feel like. Totally. Because I mean, alcohol is really just escapism. Um it yeah. really just drowns out your feelings and helps you run away from them. And like made me have fun. Like I liked being drunk with my girlfriends dancing at the bar, but it never it wasn't something where like, ooh, I want to get cozy and like feel nice and happy with my feelings like it was more like let's get fucked up right yeah as a form of yeah totally like as a form of escapism it was just like hey well instead of like dealing with Mm -hmm. my own shit I'm just gonna go drink and dance and like make out with boys and yeah we're like nothing wrong with that it's just I'm just saying like I had a great time doing all that those feelings are not gonna go anywhere they're just gonna like go somewhere and you're gonna have to address them at some exactly (laughs) exactly yes a hundred percent and we've both done that and it sucks it was super like not what I wanted to be doing like I don't want to sit there with my journal and reflect about like the things my mother said to me when I was 15 and how it hurt me and blah 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 like that's not fun but like man does it feel better now that I did that and like understand more about myself you know um and something I like something I think everyone should reflect on in turn well I do think everyone should probably reflect on their drinking habits in general um whether that brings you to a conclusion that you want to cut back or not who cares like just it's important Mm -hmm. thing to reflect on because it's so deeply rooted in our culture but something I find weird Mm -hmm. now that I don't drink is like why do people associate drinking with like all these joyous moments in our lives, like birthdays, weddings, um, like baby showers Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. It's like, why are you like, why are you numbing the joy (laughs) with alcohol? Yeah. I don't know. You know what? I went to a really fancy baby shower at the Fort Gary hotel that was like, we had this like private room and we had like servers and it was a whole thing. And I got wasted. And I'm like, what is this? I'm blackout drunk at someone's baby shower. This seems so mm-hmm. not correct. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's just, yeah. Like, that question that, like that I just asked, like, why, why are we doing this? Like in like pivotal joyous moments that like, I've asked my friends that before, like rhetorically kind of thing. And that's something that really stumps them too. Like, I think it makes a lot of people stop and, and think like, you're like, you're right. These are such happy moments in our lives. Why are we trying to like dull the joy kind of thing? Because it doesn't like, and well, I guess it's, I guess there is kind of an answer to it is that alcohol is like very seductively marketed that it will increase your joy. (laughs) But it doesn't. Right. Um, right. Um, that right. is false advertising. <laughs> um, so I guess right. that's, I guess that's the, to answer my own question is that like it's marketed that it's like, yeah, it's <laughs> going to make your life better. It's going to make everything feel better. But it doesn't take much to like get you to a point where it just like ruins the whole occasion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what? I noticed with birthdays is like every year, not only was the point, at least in my friend group to like get each other as fucked up as possible and Mm -hmm. just like each other shots and like mean shots, like snake bites and stuff that were gross. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but every birthday's memories was just like, I got drunk at this bar. I got drunk at this bar. I got drunk at this bar. And eventually I was just like, you know, I want to be one more present and actually like remember the night. Mm-hmm. And two, just do something new. Like I had been a drinker on my birthday since I was like, I don't know, 15, 16. So it's like, maybe I could try something else and have a different experience. Like it won't kill me, you know? Mm-hmm. And it just like hit me like, wow, I've never been like an adult who's a non-drinker. And I really just want to see what this life is like. Because why not? Totally. Yeah, birthdays, like, um, I always was always so disappointed in my birthdays. Um, And that probably has a lot to do with the fact that it's like you said, I was just getting drunk at a bar somewhere or a party somewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, I turned 30 next year. And I mean, fingers crossed, but it's not looking too good but my plan was to go to New York City and see the lovely Harry Styles at Madison Square because he's playing like the night before my birthday Um, oh cool yeah and I was like I that's what I want to do and I want to be like dead sober for this like I want to remember it forever um Mm -hmm. hopefully it can happen um but I don't have the highest hopes I'm just I'm just trying to stay stay realistic about what the world's gonna look like then but um but yeah I just I want to do something like that or even before I had the idea of like going to New York for the concert I was like I want to go to wheelies roller rink and and have like a like in 13 going on 30 a 30 30 flirty and thriving themed birthday party. Yes. (laughs) That sounds amazing. Yeah. And, um, but, but even before I stopped drinking, like I had that idea and like in my head though, I was like, Oh, but you can't drink there. Like, is that going to be lame? Yeah. I know. No roller skating is never lame. (laughs) It's something to always consider, or at least for people you invite right? Would they still come or would they have fun? Yeah. If there was no Yeah. Yeah. But like, I don't want to be around people that like, can't have fun without drinking. Like that's where I'm at anyway. I mean, I understand like if it's like the weekend and you want to let loose and that's your form of relaxation, like fine. But yeah, if you're like, I'm straight up not coming, if there's no alcohol, then like, <laughs> that's yeah. a little concerning. Yeah, totally. Um, so have you, have you decided like, I'm done for the rest of my life. I'm never going to have like anything again. Or are you like, I'm taking a break for now still. And we'll see where I am in the future. I don't know. I'm kind of like back and forth on that. Um, Mm -hmm. I guess like the answer right now is like for the foreseeable future, I can't see myself drinking. Um, yeah especially because for the foreseeable future we are isolating and like things aren't, you know, normal or any, by any means. Um, Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. And something else that my wonderful therapist talked to me about when I was deciding to quit drinking was if I were to decide to start drinking again, I have to be okay with the very real fact that like there will likely be a time that I over drink again. And Um, like, it's just that, like, that's just a variable that's there. And that's not specific to me. Like, like the same variable is there for you too. If you decide that you want to like bring alcohol back into your life in some capacity, like it's always going to be there as a possibility of like over drinking and like, you have to be okay with that. Yeah. You know, what is for some reason running through my head is like, um, uh, what is it? I guess like family health, they called it in grade eight when they're like, if you're going to have sex, there's always a risk of getting pregnant, right? The only way to not is abstinence. So it's the same thing, I suppose. True. Yeah. And something else (laughs) I learned from him actually, which is super interesting. And like, it seems so obvious now that I know it, that's been pointed out to me, but as women or someone who menstruates um are like alcohol is water soluble and like throughout our cycle our water like contents in our body fluctuates so much so that's why like for women especially 
that like five beers can be fine one night and like super not fine the other night. Oh, okay. That makes so much sense. Even if you did like the same things on those two different days in terms of like food intake and like exercise and all that stuff, depending on where you are in your cycle, it'll hit you different because of how much water you're retaining. That is so interesting. I'm so glad you shared that because I feel like that'll help people. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just, again, it's like one of those things that like, oh, that makes so much fucking sense. Like, why didn't I think of that? Um, Yeah. And yeah, and I was like, I, I'm like, my therapist is a man. I was like, I never thought I would be like schooled by a man <laughs> my yeah. like, menstrual cycle, but here we are. <laughs> no kidding. That's hilarious. Well, good for him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I go back and forth too. Like I'm pretty much obsessed with one of the former bachelorettes, Caitlin Bristow, mm-hmm. and she has her own wine label and I have friends that are also obsessed with her and have bought the wine and they're like oh my god we need to have like a wine night and try it and like that is so something I want to do and honestly I probably will try it but I'm also terrified to have like a full glass because it's been so long and I I don't like that feeling of being out of control anymore yeah and I feel like because it's been over a year I'll be such a lightweight Mm-hmm. And it just won't be fun. And I'll just get like the spins and just regret it instantly, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, like a little wine night with my girls. Like, is that going to kill me? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. But will it be worth it? Like, I'm so torn. Yeah, I would be torn too. I think like if you... um like, I would, like, put, like, supports in place or something, like, even me, like, you can just be, like, hey, this is the night we're doing it, and then, like, I'll check in with you, like, the next day kind of thing and see how you're feeling about it kind of thing. Like, having those oh, things, like, cute. in place before so you're not, like, scrambling and, like, panicking if you're, like, feeling really shitty or kind of thing, you know, like, um, I think would be a good way to approach it if you do decide to do it. Yeah, because I don't necessarily, like, go out there and call myself sober or, like, straight edge or any sort of label. Mm-hmm. As far as I'm at right now, like, I'm just not drinking and that's just a choice I've made. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't be like, oh, I've lost my 14 months of being sober. It would just be more like, I I guess, like, the hangover and, like, the, the physical ailments. Mm-hmm. Um but I guess if I just, like, drink a shit ton of water and, like, I don't know, yeah, eat well, it wouldn't be so bad. Yeah, but you Like, I feel like, like I'm, I'm anticipating might... worse things. Yeah. It might be that you, like, drink half a glass and be like, fuck this. Like. <laughs> I know. Like, that's I might not even like the taste and be like, yeah, I might have one sip and be like, that's why I don't drink this shit anymore. Like, <laughs> this is gross. <laughs> yeah. So I'm. um I've decided that I'm fine eating stuff that's made with alcohol, like a vodka sauce or, um, Mm. I guess that's the only thing I can think of. I made a vodka sauce, um, like a couple months ago. First of all, I felt very, very weird going to the LC buying vodka. And I was (laughs) was like, I want to buy the smallest amount possible. So I ended up buying like three of those, like really tiny, like one shot things and okay yeah the cashier probably thought I was like totally bonkers um but when I was like pouring it in the pan I was just like (laughs) this is like this is so gross this is so gross um yeah it's not pleasant yeah and I was just like why like like vodka used like for a long time was my like drink of choice and oh me too and it was just like me too this literally smells like rubbing alcohol like, yeah no 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 yeah and that's disgusting yeah it was just like I don't know and like well oh that's the other thing I made with with alcohol is I made like a beef stew that was like had a bit of red wine in it and I've never been a mm-hmm. wine drinker never mind like red wine but like it like super made me gag and like I bought like this like tiny like carton of it and there was some left over and I like poured it down the sink and I like I ended up having to like pour like um vinegar and baking soda down the sink just like get rid of the smell because it was just like lingering i was like oh it smells so Mm -hmm. gross like 
I know. So my boyfriend still drinks mm-hmm. and like he's not a big drinker, but like he'll have like a scotch or something. Mm-hmm. And when he crawls into bed, like he's brushed his teeth. It's been like hours since he had his drink. And I swear to God, he just spent like five hours at the toad traking shots with his friends, mm-hmm. you know, like he just eats. And I think back to like me drinking and like, I'm just like, oh my God, I must have smelled so bad all the time and just had like horrid breath mm-hmm. and like just reeked up a bar. I'm like, how did I live like that? Yeah. Same girl, same. I'm fine drinking um, like non-alcoholic beers. Um, okay. I was going to ask if you've like if found any good mm-hmm. substitutions. Yeah. I like towards the end of my drinking career, uh, I was, I was uh, <laughs> quite a beer drinker. Um, I never was when I like started drinking when I was younger. Um, but mm-hmm. there's a brand called Partakes. They're out of BC. And they have a few, a number of options, like a blonde, an IPA, a pale ale, red, and a stout. And they're mm-hmm. all pretty good. Um, I'm no craft beer connoisseur, but I feel like if you, like, if I had to do a blind taste test, I don't know that I could pick out, like, the alcoholic one or, like, the non-alcoholic one. Okay. But it's pretty impressive what they've done yeah but non-alcoholic beers um are weirdly not as triggering as like smelling like hard alcohol and yeah the partakes are really good I've tried like the Coors Light and like the Budweiser non-alcoholic ones and I'm not a fan but like to be fair those beers aren't good when they are alcoholic right yeah (laughs) so it's not surprising that you take the booze out and they're still not good I would love to find a delicious, like, ready-to-go mocktail in a can that you could just buy as a six-pack. Because I find you have to buy, like, all these different separate ingredients. And just to make a mocktail, I'm also, like, I'm almost like, well, I'll just have water. Like, fuck it. Yeah. I think it's, like, a thing in in the UK. It's more a thing. Very much And, which is, like, also surprising to me because they seem to have more of a drinking culture than we do yeah so it's surprising to me that they have like better options but I agree like I would like something like that that it's just like I don't have to mix the drink um which is funny that I say that because when I like when I go into restaurants I'm like mad if there's no mocktails that you can mix for me (laughs) oh my gosh okay so in the summer I went to the Forks Mm mm-hmm and they had a non-alcoholic wine, I think, at the common. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was, like, another bar that took mocktails off their menu for the summer, which mm-hmm. I thought was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I had to just buy an iced tea from, like, a pizza place. And I was so choked. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, I guess last thing, just to, like, finish it off, I'm just wondering if there was, like, one big fear or stigma um or like something that maybe like discouraged you from drinking at first that like now that you are a non-drinker you wish you knew beforehand or like what you would say to somebody who is like maybe flirting with the idea of quitting Mm -hmm. and what like might deter them and like what you would say to like encourage them to just do it anyways um I think a common stigma and like one that like I felt a lot was that you have to have like a serious problem to like quit. Um, Mm -hmm. You don't. And I think again, most people would find that when they really dig like really deep into like their motivations behind drinking and stuff, they will find problematic behaviors. And, Mm -hmm. but that's not like, an indication of like your value as a person or anything like I need to make it like abundantly clear that alcohol marketing is so grossly seductive that Mm -hmm. that's how we are where we are that it's just such a normal thing and like rite of passage thing that people do um Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like it's kind of like diet culture how it's just like so ingrained in like everything that yeah. like people 
not that people don't question it. People are questioning dye culture and stuff, but like, it's just so insidious that it's hard to pinpoint. Yeah. So, um, you don't need to have like a very obvious drinking problem to consider cutting back. And I will say that there is life on the other side and it's pretty cool. And you'll just find new ways to have fun. It's not a matter of like, you're never going to have fun anymore. You just kind of just have to redefine what that means to you. And Mm -hmm those things and those activities and like ways that you find to have fun without alcohol usually end up being actually more fun than drinking. (laughs) Totally. Like if we were 19 going to Banshee's whale shows at the King's head and you were trying to talk me out of drinking, there's no way in hell I would have heard you out, you know? Oh yeah, totally. That's just what I did. That's just what I love. That's what I identified with. Like, and and that's totally fine. I regret nothing, mm-hmm. let me tell you. But now I hang out with different people and I've just grown out of that phase, right? And now I'm just at this like new chapter where I'm just kind of over it and mm-hmm. like don't need it anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone will get there at their own pace. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you're worried about people not liking you or like you won't be fun anymore or you won't have fun anymore... It's totally not true. Yeah. 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 My friends respect me even more. Although, okay, funny story. So last year um, at this time was my boyfriend's work Christmas party. Mm -hmm. So I would have been about like two months Mm -hmm. not drinking. And we were also trying to eat like as plant-based as possible. Mm -hmm. But for the dinner... My boyfriend ended up getting the chicken and I just got like regular vegetarian. Mm-hmm. So we're talking to one of his coworkers mm-hmm. and he asked me if I need a drink and I tell him I'm not drinking. He kind of gives me a weird look, but just accepts it after a while. Mm-hmm. And then I mentioned that I got the vegetarian meal because I'm trying to eat vegan. And <laughs> I thought his head was going to explode. He was just like, so you're sober and you're vegan? Wow. And I was like, like nah, I, guess, <laughs> I, I guess I'm no fun. Like, I probably shouldn't mention that I also like books because you might just yeah. literally have a heart attack. <laughs> you're the most boring person ever. <laughs> I know. Like, stay away from me. I, I literally kill fun. Yeah. But yeah, like, people get over it. And like, I still danced and had a good time. Like, I was on the dance floor more than anybody else, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that's and like so, an insecurity in like people being like, shit, like maybe like he was probably thinking like, fuck, like I can't have fun and like enjoy myself without these things. Like deep down, like, um, right. I feel like it's an insecurity kind of thing. Um, um, cause I can like right. imagine, you know, like 20 year old me thinking the same thing being like, yeah, like wouldn't be caught dead on the dance floor without at least like three drinks. Right. Mm-hmm. Totally. But yeah, you definitely don't need it. If people think you're weird, whatever. That sounds like a them problem. Yeah. And also, I've only been to a bar or club like one or two times, like being since giving up alcohol, not just sober in general, but like since like definitively giving it up. And like, maybe the beauty is that like everyone else or most other people are drunk. So like, if you do look like an idiot, that's like subjective anyway like they're not gonna remember it because they're drinking do you know what i mean totally if you want to go dance like or it's fine people are drinking around you Um, when i first when i first gave it up i went to a halloween social and i still just put like pop in a red solo cup and nobody knew that i wasn't drinking i just didn't broadcast it you know yeah but I just had my Sprite and nobody knew the wiser. Like, it was fine. Just don't make a big deal about it. Yeah, that's true. It's like people just, I don't know, like need to see their behaviors like reflected in you, if that makes sense. Like, because that's so mm-hmm. true. Like, I- yeah, just live your life. 
like, I think we get so wrapped up in people's opinions and like what everyone's going to think, but everyone is just worrying about themselves. Nobody is paying attention to you. I promise. (laughs) Yeah. And like, if someone's going to pester you about why you're not drinking, like that says a lot more about them than you. And you can just very easily set up a boundary and just be like, I just don't drink or I just don't want to. Yeah. And it's not that you, you can't, or like, you'll never drink again. It's just like, just make it a choice. Like I'm actively choosing not to today. Maybe I will tomorrow. Then you just eventually that just kind of snowballs and you just keep choosing not to. And then it's just part of your lifestyle now. It's like, people don't ask people why they don't smoke. Yeah. Like, (laughs) um, why aren't you snorting rails of Coke? Yeah. You weird, (laughs) weird, (laughs) weird life choice. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm so proud of you for doing all this and just like going for it and making the choice and sticking with it. Cause like everyone says, it's not easy being sober. Like you said, there's marketing and just like the lifestyle Mm -hmm. takes guts. And I'm proud of you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm proud of you for sticking it, sticking it out too. I honestly, like, I'm such a fan of this. And like I said, like the hydration and just like feeling physically better all the time. So yeah, and it definitely didn't stick with it. And I'm like one less thing to worry about, I guess, like, especially with everything going on. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, if I were like, God forbid to get sick, like with the virus or even just like a common cold or whatever, like my body's in a much better place health-wise totally deal with this yes yes yeah that's a good point Mm -hmm. that's a good point yeah so if anyone is thinking about doing a dry january or something and you need some motivation hit us up totally yes um we'll be your girls yeah but yeah enjoy your sober christmas and your sober new year thank you you as well i guess that's it awesome thank you so much for having me well talk to you later Yeah, thank you for coming. Have a good night. Okay, bye.